I could tell you about a million stories about my mother. Well, many of you have met her, so you may have an idea what I might say. She's pretty remarkable. And if I live to be 100, I won't be able to sing her praises enough to do her justice. But today isn't really about that. Today is not just about honoring the women, the woman who has birthed me. It's not really just about thanking the, woman who, the women who have helped care for me and make me who I am my mother, my stepmothers, the motherly figures who have supported me. Today wasn't created to honor mothers alone. It was not meant to be a sweet, saccharine holiday full of greeting cards and flowers. Unitarian abolitionist, activist, and poet Julia Ward Howe did not have such things in mind when she started the movement that would become Mother's Day. It was after the Civil War, after she had gained fame by writing Battle Hymn of the Republic, when she was shifting the focus of her activism from abolition to pacifism and women's suffrage. She'd seen the carnage of war. She could still smell it the death, taste the blood on her lips. And she knew that there had to be another way. She knew that women were essential to the creation of this new way. She believed that it was the responsibility of women to shape society. So she wrote her appeal to womanhood throughout the world, which has been come to be known now as Mother's Day Proclamation. It goes, Arise then, women of this day. Arise, all women who have hearts, whether our baptism be of water or of tears. Say firmly, we will not have great questions decided by irrelevant agencies. Our husbands will not come to us reeking with carnage for caresses and applause. Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that have been, we have been able to teach them of charity, mercy, and patience. We, the women of one country, will be too tender of those to another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. From the bosom of the devastated earth, a voice goes up with our own. It says, disarm, disarm. The sword of murder is not the balance of justice. Blood does not wipe out dishonor, nor violence indicate possession. As men have often forsaken the plow and the anvil at the summons of war, let women now leave all that may be left of home for a great and earnest day of counsel. Let them meet first as women to bewail and commemorate the dead. Let them solemnly take counsel with each other as to the means whereby the great human family can live in peace. 
each bearing after their own time the sacred impress not of Caesar but of God. In the name of womanhood and humanity, I earnestly ask that a general congress of women without limit of nationality may be appointed and held at some place deemed most convenient and at the earliest period consistent with its objects to promote the alliance and the different nationalities, the amicable settlement of international questions, the great and general interests of peace. This was not a rallying cry for a day when children took care of their mothers in gratitude for all the care that they've received. It was much bigger than that, but included that as well. This was a rallying cry for the women of the world to rise up and create the beloved community, a land of peace where all are valued and sacred. This was not just a celebration of the matriarch as sacred. It was the call to action to the female spirit, to the spirit of compassion, to no longer stand by while the world remains so far from where we know it should be. The world remains so far from where we know it should be. While we are spending $671 million on cards and $1.9 billion on flowers for Mother's Day each year, 19.7 million children are receiving free or reduced lunches on our school, in our schools because their families can't afford to feed them. Out of the two billion mothers in the world, only a tiny slice really celebrate and relax and are showered with gifts and love on this day. The rest continue to strive to feed their children, working more hours than their male counterparts for less pay still. Many lack access to health care and struggle to obtain the contraceptives that they need to keep their families from growing and keep themselves safe from sexually transmitted infections. Some make treacherous journeys in hopes that their children can be born in what they see as a land of milk and honey and live hidden and in fear of being separated from their families to whom they have given everything. And let us not forget those who live in constant fear, in war-torn nations or abusive homes, those who are tortured, enslaved, raped. For many women in the world, even in this rich country, the future remains a fog, full of dark shadows that threaten livelihoods, threaten happiness, threaten the very spirit of humanity. For many women, this day needs to be returned to a radical purpose, a purpose of continued vigilance on the quest for peace, for equality, for a life of hope and promise for all of the sacred beings that walk this earth so that not just our mothers can be honored and loved, but all can. 
strong families, an, organiz an organization committed to the vision that all families have the rights, recognition, and resources that they need to thrive, has revived this spirit and is calling it Mama's Day. It's today, just like Mother's Day, and it celebrates the complexities of women's issues and of motherhood. It aims to strengthen the string on the kite of so many families who've been marginalized, who've been left out, who have had to build their string out of a wish and a prayer at times. It helps families to build a stronger string so that we all can fly a bit more joyously, even when the winds flare up and bring them into unfamiliar or unpleasant territory. Our lives are all full of wind. Whether it be the strong gales of systemic oppression or the gusts, gusts of loss and anxiety and fear that blow through all of our lives, we cannot escape the wind. As we are reminded by our responsive reading, to be joyous we must dance in the wind, allowing ourselves to ride its waves, to let it rip us from familiar refuges, refuges sometimes, to be buoyed by it into new opportunities. A lot easier said than done. And in order to do this, in order to let go enough, to have faith enough to dance in the wind, we must attend to our tails, our strings, our lifelines. When the wind picks up, we see just how strong our strings are. We see which strands hold us and which fray away. We see just how well we've been attending to them and where we need to put more energy in the future. That string made up of our relationships, our loved ones, our families, our communities, all woven together. But something holds the string together. Not just you as the common bond between the elements, but something that strengthens the string, turning it into more than just a sum of your relationships, turning it into wings, the courage to fly. 12th century Persian poet Rumi puts it this way. Something opens your wings. Something makes boredom and hurt disappear. Something, someone fills the cup in front of us. We taste only sacredness. In her book, Humility, Anger, and Grace, Thoughts on Education and Time, Professor and Unitarian Universalist Minister Nancy J. Crumbine argues the value of spending time, deep, meaningful, almost luxurious time to just be with oneself as well as with those precious beings that make up strands of our string 
in order to hold the strong tail together. She calls the connective tissue the outcome of truly being present and making time grace. She writes, this depth, this abundance brings us to grace, unmerited divine assistance, that miracle of light that is given to us gratuitously the moment we stop to look. Everything is the same, but we have a chance to dwell within it differently. Every day is good, an abundance we can accept in gratitude for its rich delights. At any time, we can stop to let time be deep, to be a place where we look down and see qualities of the past rise to the surface. It is our choice whether time treats us like a piece of driftwood smashed against the rock of its deadly current or time pools below our feet in its reflective dance with our memories and our dreams. It's our choice whether or not to receive grace. This is what the free will philosophers have so dryly discussed since Augustine. This is the choice of faith, of trust, to let time hold us or to let it bowl us over in our own tumultuous success-driven ingratitude. To let the divine assist us, let it give us another opportunity, or to pretend we need no such help. When the wind blows hard, and it's brought us into new terrain, and the fog seems to be thickening around us. The only way is to keep flying. The only way is to keep from crashing to the hold hard ground is just to keep flying. And the only way to do that perhaps is to accept that what might be offered of buoying wind if we open to it, the faith, the courage, the grace that holds our string together. The only way to keep going is to keep going. Because as you heard last week from our guest minister, if you don't like where you are, you haven't reached your destination yet. The journey is always continuing. And there's help. Attend to your string. For there is help holding it together. And we don't just keep moving forward because we aren't happy with where we are. We keep moving forward because we believe in a vision of where we are going. And we know we're not quite there yet. We know that our tail string holds incredible promise and needs some attentive love and care to be strengthened and enriched so that we can continue to soar towards our lofty goals and ideals. We know that there are so many people who do not have a place where they feel that they belong, who have tattered tails and patched up kites, who could use our support as they aim to learn to fly higher.
We know that there are mothers who are not represented in what this day has become and long for us to reclaim the the rallying cry of what it could yet be if we all stood together for all families. We know that this world continues to be ravaged by war, famine, disease, and greed, and it's our responsibility as people of faith to work towards days of peace, abundance, health, and generosity. We know that we are journeying together toward a home that we call the beloved community of all souls, where all are cherished as sacred, where there is always enough love and justice and peace reign. Can that vision carry us when the winds pick up and the fog descends? Is that vision enough? Unitarian Universalist minister Elizabeth Tarbox writes, Hollow bones, streamlined feathers, and wings shaped to push aside the viscosity of air are not what make birds fly. Birds let go of their grasp on safe perches at the tops of trees because something calls to them. They unfold their untried wings and feel an imagined power. They soar out, up, and through the sky because an ancient longing pulls them home. Loosed from the sticky grasp of earth, free from the snarls of lesser creatures with daggers in their teeth and muscles in their legs, birds laugh upward, homeward, drawn by a calling which bids them welcome in the sky. Bird, take me with you when you go. Oh, not my lumbering body and knitted tissue, no. Take some other me with you, some invisible soul of me that hears the call you hear, that moves effortlessly with you through the bright pink silk of dawn and the warm butter spread of morning. Carry my longing to be weightless, to move as light moves, to be unseen, scattered through time and space. Teach me to trust my wings. It was this kind of trust, this kind of faith that carried Norbert Chopek through the final storm of his life. Even when he was not taken to a calmer to calmer weather before he died. In the concentration camp shortly before his death, he wrote this prayer. It's worthwhile to live and fight courageously for sacred ideals. Oh, blow ye evil winds into my body's fire. My soul you'll never unravel. Even though disappointed a thousand times or fallen in the fight and everything worthless seem, I have lived amidst eternity. 
be grateful, my soul. My life was worth living. He who was pressed from all sides but remained victorious in spirit is welcomed into the choir of heroes. He who overcame the fetters, giving wing to the mind, is entering into the golden age victorious. Such faith faith as this can keep us flying no matter how dark and thick the fog becomes. Such grace can hold us aloft no matter how stormy and tumultuous our lives become. So attend to your tales. For you never know when you will need the lives that make them up and the grace that holds them together. Attend to your tales because often the help that you need to continue to fly will come from someone who is woven into them. A lover, a friend, a caregiver, a parent. Someone from a community that you call home. Though sometimes they will come from out of nowhere. Like an anonymous note telling us we've saved someone's life with bread. Or a voice on an answering machine that shares a story of hope when all seemed lost. Did you know that disaster literally means falling star? And sometimes you may have gotten lost in self-pity. All along the wind was bearing you across the sky. Something opens your wings. I don't usually know what it is, but something, something calls us onward so that we can dance in the wind.